Transient mic. Record, preserve, listen. Transient mic. Transient mic. Transient mic. Transient mic. Transient mic for tricks. Am always in love well, I mean, that's the power of songwriting, isn't it? Is that if I'm able to channel how I feel and take the darkness in my head and put it into song, it feels like it helps release it for me. And then when I play it live, I'm able to connect to other people that have have, the, have had the same experience or a similar experience. And then when I connect with those people, I go, oh, I'm not alone. I'm not insane. It brings some sort of community. Jamie Harris is more than just a talented musician. She is a true music fan who tries to attend as many concerts as she can outside of performing her own work. She is both resilient and determined to retain a positive outlook amidst all the challenges that life can bring. Today in our studio, she puts her heart and soul into performances of Gone and Where Are You Now. Hey, this is Jeremy with Transient Mike 4 Track Series. Today, we have a really awesome artist in our studio. Uh, her name is Jamie Harris. She just released her first debut record, Red Rescue, in 2018. And we're here to t- talk about that and showcase some of your songs. And I'm also here. Oh, we have David's here? <laughs> Sometimes he's here. <laughs> yeah, just just in, in, in spirit. So, yeah, today I'm going to be talking some more on this formally. Um, yeah, because Instead it's cool. of just butting in in front of David. Well, that's the idea of Transit Mike. I mean, we're so glad to have you, but we want many hosts. We want many musicians, many performers, and lots of ideas. So let's just keep that rolling. If you're ever interested, I'm just going to say that right now. And making a podcast, talk to us. But Jamie, right on. welcome to the studio. Thanks for having me. This is awesome. The reason I got to Austin or got interested in Austin is and started writing songs is because when I was a kid, my dad took me to the Austin City Limits Music Festival. And I've gotten to go to the old studio where they taped Austin City Limits. But it's such Over a big here part on of, campus, right? Yeah, 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 but it's such a big part of my education and my foundation in songwriting. I mean, there have been so many performers, but you talk about watching it. So who are some of the highlights that you remember watching as a young kid? Well, I mean, I'm a big Patty Griffin fan, yeah. so that was one. I discovered Damian Rice through Austin City Limits. That was my introduction to him. I love the Tom Waits episode from the 70s. Oh, Tom Waits, yeah. Oh, it's so great. Yeah, they just replayed that one. They, they always replayed on Christmas Eve, I think. And but one of my favorites is um, one of my heroes is a songwriter named Eliza Gilkison, and I found uh, you know they have those DVDs you know live live in Austin and it's the taping and I made people come over to my house and nice. watch it. I was like, be inspired by this. <laughs> like, I was a little psycho about it. So. Well, what did David do that kind of too with people? I think in our early podcast days, we'd have some people over and be like, before we do this interview, you have to watch this performance. They got to buy. Right. No, the best part's coming up, I swear. I know. I'm, I'm like that with YouTube too. Like, what do you mean you haven't seen the thing like with my guitar gently weeps when Tom Petty's on stage mm. and Prince throws his guitar up into the or, air? Or, like, you have or, to see this. Like, we like Conan Moccasin with my That's guitar gently weeps. That's what I was specifically oh, thinking Conan Moccasin. Oh, I yeah. love him. performance he's playing in New Zealand on a rooftop. And if you haven't seen it, you got to watch it. I've it's Kona Moccasin. Yeah, kind of I don't know. Yeah. Just type in Kona Moccasin. Live. <laughs> Forever yeah. Dolphin Love. Oh, yeah. He's so awesome. He's and so awesome. That's what's cool about the three of us, because I did some research on you, and, and you're you're much more of a, of a music fan in a lot of ways than even a performer, because you were saying you were going to a lot of shows all the time. And still. You, yeah, and yeah. still. 
And that's really cool as an artist. I think that, you know, you should be commended for that because it's easy to get into your own sound and kind of just stay there. So t- tell me more about that. Well, I grew up in a small town outside of Waco, Texas, where there wasn't a lot of live music. And um, and so many of my heroes are here in Austin. And so it's part of the reason why I moved down here. Like, what do you mean I can go see James McMurtry every week for $8? Are you <laughs> fucking serious? Yeah, like, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm going to fucking do that. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's like an education every week. And then... You know, discovering other artists, getting to see Gurf Morlicks and like Eliza when she's in town and, and so many local bands that I think that are doing incredible things and making awesome music. I just love it. I love being able to go out and see music because I'm a music junkie. <laughs> yeah, and you were you were doing a lot of things. I know like the two of you performed at Strange Brew quite often. And, Absolutely. Know, some time ago. And well, then- well, met her at Flipnotics originally, oh, Flipnotics, but, okay, but okay. yeah, Strange Brew was was like it turned into the place. I guess once Flipnotics closed, right? That was kind of like where everyone kind of migrated to totally. the listening room. The really great, yeah, they got a great and system. Stuff. And you did a lot of stuff there too. You met a lot of people there. Right? Oh man, I feel like kind of this rebirth of my you know career. I guess came out of that venue. My yeah. band came out of that venue. I started going to the gospel brunch that they had there with John D. Graham. I never got and, to go to that. Yeah, well, started, they yeah, they do it at El Mercado now, and it's oh, free to get okay, in. Okay. But the money, uh, the, they they pass around a tip jar, and all the funds go to the Capital Area Food Bank. Except for in uh, March, they ra- raise money all month for Sims, and they always have special guests come up. You never know; Chuck Prophet could show up or whoever. It's so really dro- fun. drops in. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, they've had Kevin Russell from Shiny Ribs. You just yeah. never know. And, and that's is is that where you kind of developed a relationship with Jimmy LaFave? Uh, was it Strange Brew? Sort of. So through the Strange Brew community, I ended up meeting a lot of songwriters like Charlie Fay and mm. Noel Hampton. And Noel Hampton, who's in a great band here called The Bell Sounds. Oh yeah, they're great. Yeah. They're great. She she called me one day and said, "Hey, what are you doing on Monday?" And I said, "Um, I think I'm just gonna like stay in my boxers and watch Law and Order." <laughs> and Law and Order. <laughs> I can relate. <laughs> right? It's like a number one pastime. And she was like, okay, well, instead of that, would you like to come sing on Jimmy LaFave's record? And uh, I was like... You should like, have said no. No. I got my show. <laughs> I needed my murder stories to keep center. No, uh, and which she knew I was a massive Jimmy fan. And Jimmy was someone that... I kind of mm. discovered Bob Dylan backwards through him and Donovan, all mm. these artists that he covered and interpreted. And and uh, so much of his melody and even his guitar playing is built into like my bones so getting to sing on that record was amazing but I walked in he didn't know who I was you know he never met me before so I'm like okay I'm a stranger walking into a studio to sing on your record and uh he found out that I was a songwriter and eventually started coming to some of my shows and was really supportive of me and it was amazing to get an opportunity to know him and his whole band we all became really close and Jimmy if you don't know passed away of cancer in early 2017 well, you know, there's so there's so many fixtures here, and again, kind of like what you're saying, the Austin, the, the, that tribe is getting older, and then the, the new breed is coming in, and so there's going to be a passing of the torch here, and it's it's sad, but yet it's poignant at the same time. And I think I think I'd love to get into some songs, but you're going to share with us a new one, but there's also this other one that came off your your album that I'm really excited about because I think that kind of speaks to it too. But let's this first one you're going to feature. What's it called? Where are you now? Right. Well, no, the the the, the other one's called. Gone, Gosh, the new one. You're going to yeah. work on. And let's listen to Gone because tell Let's us so, set, set it up for us, and then let's go. Let's take a listen. Yeah, well, actually, and um, you know, I'm someone who pretty openly battles depression, and uh, when I get that way, I feel like everyone hates me, mm-hmm. and I kind of go down this shame spiral, and I have this 
tendency to want to hide out or disappear. And, and, uh, you know, I lost in 2016, not my favorite year. I lost, you know, some good friends and I lost my grandmother and I lost Jimmy in 2017. And I ended up in this dark period in 2017 where I was felt like I was just really self-destructive. I started smoking cigarettes again. I was just, you know, (laughs) David's looking at me right Uh, now. You know, I've, and, I've been there. <laughs> and part of it, you know, sometimes I, it's like kind of a chicken or egg thing. Like, am I, am I, I feel like I'm doing this to, to push people away. Like, I, I kind of would just prefer to disappear and stop looking at me. <laughs> maybe if I fuck up enough, you know, it's like maybe if I don't do the right, maybe if I fuck up enough, I'll have like an excuse. You know, does that or, make or, sense? Or, yes, I'm not going to look at Jamie anymore, though. <laughs> but maybe, maybe there's some... it's a self fulfilling prophecy, exactly. right? Like we were talking earlier, totally. you're, you're almost self sabotaging yourself. Yeah. Right? Well, let's take a, let's take a listen to "Gone," a new one by Jamie Harris in our Transient Mike Studios today. Twisted time, I lost my friend, I lost my heart, and I lost my mind. Stuck on a repeat, I'm giving out the same old little lie. I'm fine, I'm fine. I'm always in love with some. Shouldn't be I sleep with a man who don't give a damn for me So I close my eyes and just try not to feel anything It's all okay cause for today I just wanna be
manga used to read and flip to a page and find the words that used to mean something I want nothing more than just to want to believe for now I'm numb oh lord please come cause I just want to be Gone, that was the name of that song. Very, very beautiful. Really cool. I like the Thank drive you. to it. And, uh, you know, one of the things I wanted to, to ask you about that right away, it came, it came to mind as I was listening to it, because the lyric, I want to be gone, it sings about how, you know, how you pull away, and you told us about that already. But then what do you do to bring yourself back? Well, I mean, that's the power of songwriting, isn't it? Is that if I'm able to channel how I feel and take the darkness in my head and put it into song, it feels like it helps release it for me. And then when I play it live, I'm able to connect to other people that have, have, the, have had the same experience or a similar experience. And then when I connect with those people, I go, oh, I'm not alone. I'm not insane. Or maybe I am. I'm probably still fucking insane. But it brings some sort of community. It helps. I mean, I, I just We're did insane this, together. Right. I mean, <laughs> I, I just got to do this show at the women's prison in Gatesville two days ago. And it blew my mind apart. Um, they have this program there where the women get to work with a choreographer and they did this choreographed dance Mm -hmm. and in that I saw my own brokenness yeah you know and that's the power of art that's the beauty of what we get to do we get to be the storyteller and not the story anymore that's yeah I, I feel that way exactly so for those listeners out there I mean that it's it's so cool to have a song that you can relate to, you play back. I'm right, we all do that. You play it when you're feeling in a mood, and you, it feels like mm-hmm. that song becomes yours as a listener, or like that artist is your artist because right? you relate to it. I kind of keep that in mind when I write songs. Now I'm a little, I'm more conscious of it now than I have been yeah. in the past. It's like when everyone, if you say "I" in a song, or if you like the person that's listening is not thinking Jamie Harris, they're, they're thinking, thinking me, me yeah. the listener, <laughs> my life, right? Yeah, like, and that's the, the power of songwriting. I get it totally. And actually tied into the, the theme of Gone, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of what you do and musicians are life on the road and it gets really lonely out there. We talked about that during the song. So kind of share some of your stories. I mean, what was that like for you guys? Because you were talking about Jeremy, uh, you were sharing the amp story. <laughs> oh, yeah, just recently my, my amp kind of exploded my window, but that's not the first time that's happened. (laughs) This is the second time in in three years. So like you'd be on the road, right? You get a flat. I mean, you know how to fix it, you know, but at the same time, it's a freaking bummer, right? It's a bummer. You know, I've, uh, well, it's interesting because for some of this year, um, I was touring um, with, I did a tour with an 18 year old songwriter named Christina Cavazos. And um, for part of it, yeah, we're in my car and going around. Solo tours? Yeah. Both of us together, kind of singing together some and um and uh but my partner is uh the songwriter named mary gaucher and i've been touring a lot with her well she's 
put out nine records. She has a more developed Dang. career than I am. So her her touring reality is different than mine, but it all has similar struggles, mm. you know? Like, we're talking about how if you, you know, if something happens and it delays you 10 minutes, it can totally throw off the whole day. And we've just been so in motion for most of this year. I mean, it's insane the amount of dates she did and that I did. And then we How many dates together. did you do in 2018? I posted it recently. <laughs> I think it was something like 150 wow. regular yeah. gigs, you know, like... 60 or 80 background vocal gigs. I played a lot. This is the busiest year I've ever had. I quit my day job in May and have been touring almost nonstop since yeah. May. But it's interesting, like, how when I was on the road with Christina, things like, you know, we're we're in the car and I don't have the amount of privacy, you know, because of where <laughs> I am on the You don't get your alone pole. time anymore. <laughs> right, you know, which which is, you know, fine for me. But when you've got, a, you know, a partner and you need to make time to to talk to each other, you know, it's, it's puts a different kind of strain on it. So this is the, this is like chain, that whole thing, you know, coming together with Mary and falling in love Mm -hmm. has kind of altered my, uh, my priorities and, and, uh, it changes, changes, it's just changed everything. Well, it's also gotta be another, uh, I guess difficulty factor when you're both musicians that are traveling as well. And so like trying to find time to, to even see each other. To connect. Yeah. That's gotta be hard. Yeah. I mean, in the first, I don't know, three months of our relationship, it was like three or four days here and then gone for three or four weeks. So we started, you know, writing love songs. And that's what I was saying. That's the best other. way to connect. Heart, yeah. 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 Was the separation makes the heart grow fond, right? right. Yeah. yeah. So that's a, that's a great way to connect. It's a song, yeah. just like you were sharing with, with the idea of bringing it back, that connection. I, I also want to talk real quickly, and then we'll get into the other song, but, but you know, vocally, you're doing a lot. You've accomplished a lot in your vocal registers and the octaves. You, I mean, what is your training there? Because I, I really... I'm like I'm loving it. Well, know? thank you. Well, you know, I was involved in choir. I did the Texas State Girls Choir, which oh, yeah? was wow. cool. But I remember my mother having a meltdown. That was in Waco then. Well, this was in the Dallas area. Okay. okay. Um, but you know, I had to wear those stupid fucking plaid skirts mm-hmm. and like yeah. the Very Texas. tights. Yes, and the you know your gloves had to be a certain la- like wow. length. It was just like ugh. And I I was in did you choir. get to solo? Um, you know, I don't remember. I think that they did something kind of gospel-y and oh, they yeah, gave, yeah. they threw me a solo. Like, I got this. But in, um, I mean, I remember, like, I was in choir, you know, um, and when I moved back to Waco, like, you know, in school, and I, I really wanted to be in this chamber singer choir, which is, like, the, the best choir you could be in in high school. And so I started taking classes outside of school since seventh grade so I could get into that choir. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't get in. Oh. And I was like, oh, man. And, you know, I didn't get into my eighth grade talent show. Well, you know what? Now jokes on them, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's wonderful, and yeah. I think there's nothing like that. Segues into this next song, which is really beautiful. It's the way you end the, the album. Where are you now? Let's mm-hmm. let's let's roll on that and talk about it because there's a lot of good things I want to cover on that one. But you didn't seem the same 
reach for your hand It's like you didn't know me Guess we did all that we could do. Lay down the roses, shook the dirt off of our shoes. Dried our eyes, packed up the things that were all yours. Said our goodbyes, turned out the lights and locked the door. I turned around I heard the sound of you walking behind No one was there It was only in my
you know. And we're back. That was Where Are You Now? Really great song. Super, like I said, super intimate and, and uh, honest and open. Um, and that was originally, that was on your record as a piano song, right? Right. Yeah, the way that that came about was we spent four days tracking at Stuart Sullivan's studio in Wire, at Wire. And I had this kind of unrequited love song called Where Are You Going Now? I think it's still up on my website, actually. And, mm-hmm. and uh, Craig Ross, the producer, was looking for something else. And he said, well, what do you have? And I played him some you know newer stuff that I hadn't sent him. And he said, okay, that one, but you can go further with that. And so my guitar player also plays piano. And so he stuck oh, us cool. in the room with his piano. It's the same piano that Patty Griffin's Impossible Dream was tracked on so there's a lot of good vibes in that (laughs) instrument yeah and i realized you know like we had um you know i lost my grandmother in february and just you know 2016 was like not the best year for a lot of people anyways Mm -hmm. and it was already that was kind of universally everyone was feeling a lot of people i know were having great years exactly and i feel like uh it was another thing like i've just been really busy and i hadn't had time to process it and so i feel like i processed a lot of it just totally broke down in the studio through that song writing that song yeah yeah, that's really neat. I mean, uh, that good can come out of those situations, and, right. and it's it's not just a song; it's a healing process. Absolutely. Yeah, we, we had Dan- Danny Malone shared a song with us. It was kind of like that too about yeah. his dad, about right? His dad, yeah. Oh man, that broke my heart. Too, and what's yeah. what's great about that's mm-hmm. here in the, in the studios ourselves, Transient Mike. We're really trying to bring that vibe to a new music and, and music you may not hear that's widely available because they, they are kind of intimate, and we're here intimately as as three. People just coming in a room. We're not trying to make a big to do out of it, and that's what I like about you. You're very personable, and you're and you're out. You're out to just hey, man, hang with us. And so, thank you for coming today. I mean, this is great. Uh, Thanks for I'll having me. I have to ask: Did we? Is that the only acoustic guitar recording of that song? It might be. Yeah. Oh, what's up, Transu Mike exclusive? <laughs> what's up? What's up? So, so tell us, let, tell us what, what, what you what you plan on doing now. I mean, what, what's what's up with? I mean, here's what's cool. I love the fact that she said I just got to quit my job. That's a result of Black Fret again. Friends of we 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 love that organization. And you were recently nominated. You came into a sum of money. And, and, well, and, and there was a lot, you know, leading up to that though too, right? Like I remember when I saw you at the Black Fret Gala, I was like. You know, like I, I keep seeing your name on every freaking record in town. It's like background vocals, Jamie Harris, background vocals, Jamie Harris, Jamie <laughs> yeah, that's Harris, cool. Yeah. Everywhere. So share us that, that trajectory, the path that you've had. Yeah, well, I, I got really lucky. You know, and like we talked about earlier, a lot of it came out of that Strange Brew community, just mm-hmm. connecting with, with songwriters. And when I first moved to town, I, I knew this producer named Brian Douglas Phillips who had me on a lot of records. You know, I, I did some for David Ramirez and mm-hmm. just other artists that came, Rob Baird that came out of that studio. And um, I met up with, Gurf Morlix, who, you know, made some of a lot of my favorite records. And uh, I just, and Mark Hallman has had me out in some stuff. And a lot of it has just been like, because I'm such a music fan, mm. I'll be at shows. And then people started asking me to sing background vocals with them. It's all One been word of mouth. To another, so it was by another. being it's present. By being a part of the community. I just feel like a lot of people put in a good word for me. And it's really, really helped. I feel like I have a lot of goodwill out there. And I'm so grateful. Yeah. So and a it, message to all aspiring Austin artists, right? 
go be a part of the, the community. Yeah. Don't just lock yourself in a room. Look at you. Don't, yeah. yeah, don't lock yourself. I lock myself in my room a lot, so <laughs> yeah. I'm one to talk. But yeah, be a part of the community. Foster relationships with musicians. Support them. Share their music. That's all you do. I mean. Right. And I think there's something about, you know, connecting with someone at a core level. I think yeah. people can tell, like, I hate the word networking. Yeah. Because people yeah. can tell when you're bullshitting them, right? right yeah. You know, I think, you know, if you're connecting with someone in a really genuine way, it's likely that you'll connect with their music in a genuine mm. way. And, but and it's also about when you when you get that first gig backing somebody up and they, they see the level of talent, you say, hey, you know who you need? Then they tell somebody else, you know who you need on this album? Jamie Harris. And that's the way it works. So, yeah. I mean, kudos. I mean, like I said, the Black Fret thing is, is really a really cool thing. And and I'm really like feeling like okay, we're fortunate to have Jamie in our, you know, in our studio when she's on the rise, and you're feeling. But you've been doing this for a long time. It wasn't now the birth of the album. The Genesis goes back to what 2012 or something. That's some, the some, latest or the oldest, oldest song, song on yeah. the record. Yeah, you know, finally, mm-hmm. I I kind of felt like when I first moved to town. I mean, not to knock hipsters, but I just feel like <laughs> what I do is not totally going to connect with hipsters. Like maybe if they're told that I'm cool, I, it'll work. But for the most of I feel like a singer-songwriter. I'm kind of a folky. The Americana you know? crowd. The, the Americana the crowd. The Sun Radio people. The, totally. You know, those, yeah. And I found those fans Folk at Alliance. the Strange Brew community and at the mm-hmm. Cactus Cafe. And and so I felt like I finally had a fan base because money has been such a hurdle for so much of my life. Yeah. You know, which yeah. is why another reason why I'm really grateful to have the Black Fret grant. So um, it wasn't until 2015 that I even had the confidence to start a crowdfunding campaign to help me make this record. Mm-hmm. And it wouldn't have happened. We talked to Shani, who's really been successful at, at crowdsourcing. And I think, but there's always, we always have to remember that there's room for that. They, you know, hipsters and what, what they listen to versus what, I mean, I mean, like my cousins, they listen to metal and you're not going to get them off metal. That's it. That's, that's yep. what they listen to. So <laughs> there's room for that. So those musicians out there just understand that it's not just about Austin. There's a worldwide right. audience that we, like, like Transient Mike hope to be a part of of every, any genre, any sound, any you know what we're really after after is preservation and capturing something here in this scene, and, and then we move on right. when we be mobile. You know that's that's oh, what's really cool. And so many of like I love metal and like John Moreland, who you know he has a total metal background. You know it's it's the storytelling, right? Metal yeah. and folk are similar <laughs> in that way. And they connect. It's, it's about funny the story. you say that because there are a lot of metal when they when they give it up and they cut their hair, Bon Jovi, whatever. They'll go play. <laughs> they'll go play some country. And then yeah, it's, yeah, it's very it's true. true. It's very yeah. true. They'll go. They'll, okay, now it's time for the country album. So, me and yeah. David, we, we were talking the other day. I was like, I want to like have a you know, I want to have a, like a vibe. I want to have a look, a new look, new me. You know, uh-huh. stereotypical new year, new me. But it was like you know, we've always kind of been the people that are like. Uh, you know, I, I'm not a certain thing. I'm not just like this hipster trash person with long hair. Sometimes I'll dress like David will dress up like a a cowboy, like the most rhinestone <laughs> cowboy you've ever seen. <laughs> we'll go to that. the White Horse and we'll be country well, people one night. Which and then speaks to we'll her signature look, people the, the red night, glasses. You know? Yeah, tell uh-huh. me how you came up with that because that's, that's there's a the, fashion style, right? Yeah. Right. Actually, one time it was during the time that I wrote that song, Gone. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to Blue Velvet, that awesome finish place. place. Oh, so awesome. So great. And and I went in there and I found these red glasses and I was like, man, this is like just enough shield from the world. Yeah. You know, it's like ju- it feels just like a little bit of separation and I felt like I needed it. Like, but they can the still time. connect with you through it. You can st- still see your eyes, right? Exactly. Exactly. And and then I just started buying a bunch of them and I found them in heart shapes and different colors, mostly red or rose color. And that's the vibe with I love I love the photo series that you have for your record shoot. Yeah, there's I've art seen a directed, couple versions of I, yeah, it in the big red room. We're looking at it right red. now the cover. It's great. Yeah. 
Thank yeah, you. Yeah, well, yeah, that looks so awesome. Thank you. So yeah, who was who was the artist behind that? Man, that's cool how that came about. So I was doing a shoot with my friend Brandon Aguilar. Um, who's another great songwriter mm-hmm. I love in, in town. And, and he said, man, I've got this idea for your album shoot. Uh, I don't know if you've got someone, you know, picked out. And he proceeded to download the exact idea I had in my head. And I said, all right, let's do it. Yeah. So Brandon grew up in this little town called Troy, Texas, which is about 10 minutes south of where I grew up in small town, oh, okay. Texas. And uh, we had an art director, Heath McMurtry. So that whole scene that you see there was actually created. We painted a red wall. We we got a table, painted it red, painted it oh, all wow. the dishware red. <laughs> so you all did all that before the shoot. Yeah, and Brandon's <laughs> Brandon's mom is a real estate agent. She happened to have the house next door to hers open. So we used the garage and set that whole thing up. Some little studio in there. Uh-huh. And Heath McMurtry mm-hmm. and the girl who ended up doing my hair and makeup, Delaney Harper, they all were from small town Texas from Troy. So cool. it's funny that all of us kids from central Texas were kind of working together to make this big thing happen. It was really beautiful. Well, it's cool. No, that's, I, I love, I love the look. I mean, like, I, think of Janis Joplin too I mean she she carried those glasses in a, in a way and it's it's good yeah. to have that to, to have a stage persona and then and then having you in our studio today sharing with you know but th- I don't see any separation that's the other thing what I saw on stage that night at, at, at Black Fred is who you are in the studio and that's also cool that so you're really down-to-earth person and, and we really want to thank you for coming in today and being a part of our yeah, four-track series it's, this is awesome I'm a fan it's of the show funny cool. because of uh you know, I was talking to Craig Marshall the other day. I told you I play a gig with him. I he, he I play random gigs with him all all the time. We were talking about just how like tight knit and small the music community is in Austin. Even though it's kind of an ever growing, ever changing city, this kind of there's like this undertone of like a f- music family, oh, yeah. and you know people I know just keep resurfacing for different periods of you know. It's like I haven't seen you in like two or three years, three three years. It's been a while, years, yeah. You know, and and same with some of your previous bandmates like Darwin and. Um, there's just so many musicians that kind of come back, you know, and it's it's really good to see you again. You too, man. Cool. Too. Well, have have fun out there, and we'll catch you again on the flip side, huh? Thanks. All Thanks, right. man. Oh yeah. All right. Peace out. <laughs> <laughs> David always gets the last word. We're <laughs> you know. We're Gone and Where Are You Now were written and performed by Jamie Harris and recorded at Transient Mike Studio in Austin, Texas. Audio engineer and songs mixed by Jeremy Fowler. Special thanks to Mosaic Sound Collective, Jeremy Briones, and Eric Panico. Transient Mike is a 501c3 nonprofit organization devoted to the preservation of music and sound. Help support our mission by going to transientmike.org slash donate. If you would like to be a sponsor, contact us at info at transientmike.org. The 4-Track Series is a production of Transient Mike. I'm your host, David Ventura Garcia. Thank you for listening.